came like a king and lived like a legend. That's one of the most stupid questions. On the listener, welcome to Iberian Thursday at the worst football podcast. A lot of things have happened in Portugal. The leaders become more leaders. And with the slip of Benfica, the game starts getting interesting. Also, in Spain, we finally have some new stories. We talk Valencia, we talk Real Sociedad, and the big boys keep on winning. This and much more in today's Worst Football Podcast. Hello, listener. Welcome to another Iberian Thursday. Wow, a lot to discuss and very happy news, I think, for everyone involved. Marco, stay. Are you ready for this? Yo soy, yo soy pronto. That's my best Spanish, but I'm, I'm very ready. I, I can't, can't say it better than Marco, so I'm just going to say yes. Okay, very good, very good. Uh, so yes, then let's take your cues and discuss, but this time to change, let's start with the Portuguese league. Uh, yes, well, uh, another weekend uh, of games in the Portuguese league and quite interesting ones. Um, a clear highlight is for the two games. One of them is Sporting against Braga. So we're talking first against fourth. Uh, wow, that was a tense one for the team in green and white. A 2-0 win against Braga. It's not, it was not an easy game, for sure. Braga really putting everything in, hitting the post goal uh, set offline, uh, offside for 14 centimeters. So, you know... They can, can sound themselves lucky, for sure, sporting. Then again, you know, but doesn't play well, but he still scores another goal. You know, the kid is basically fire on, uh, on the pitch. And uh, yeah, so uh, this combined with Benfica drawing, uh, despite Porto's win, it's now a four-point lead. Marco, done and dusted, right? Absolutely, you already have the cup in your in your hand, man. Like nothing to worry. Not that Cheers. I'm jinxing it, but it, it's it's no, already. No, no, no. You're right. Cheers for your win, Alex. We can yeah celebrate. No, where's your champagne, please. Alex? No, no, no. Come on, no, come on. Looks aside. I think I think this game really showed that Sporting is a mature team. Um, we always hear that. The big teams are the ones that can win when they play badly, and Sporty did so. Uh, I believe that it's, uh, oh, from, from an external perspective, you might disagree, Alex, but Braga played better. They had definitely more opportunities. Uh, Sporting was more cynical, which big teams do need this cynicism. And Sporting this year is playing well, but when needed, is also capable of winning these ugly games. These three points will be very heavy at the end of the season. And these, as many other that, that Sporting hopefully will manage to win in the same way over the course of the year. At the same time, we saw a Benfica not in the best shape, I would say. Santa Clara somewhat dominated them, uh, despite being at home, right? So, so there, there is the home advantage, even without the fans. But we did see a Benfica not as strong as we remember before in, in, in 2020 at the very least. Um, Potentially the first cracks in the tactical game of Benfica. 
Porto, on the other hand, having a very strong performance against Morirense. Um, not the strongest team by no means, but again, being mid in the in the league of, of Portugal, which means that they have something to say as a, as a team. I think it, at the end of the day, it's, it's really going to be about who has the better mindset. Right now, Sporting has. Um, they don't have cups either, which is definitely a plus. But as we already discussed in the past episodes, by now having cups means also that you ha- don't have that escape from reality. Start losing one game, you draw the, the, the second one, uh, then it's going to be hard to bounce back because you only have the league. No, definitely, definitely. And it's a, a very, very interesting um, uh, set of games now because Sporting, uh, the next match, they should be an easy one with Sporting uh, going to Nacional. Uh, depends, obviously, uh, on a lot of things because Nacional's stadium is uh, can be the hardest one in Europe. Uh, because of a simple reason, they are quite known for their foggy. So they might not even see anything. You know, there's always two, three games a season that need to be postponed because of fog up there. Um, so that one is going to be interesting, especially because next week uh, we have uh, one of, fa- of Marco's favorite teams. No, actually, I'll say Ste's favorite team playing against Sporting, uh, which is Rio Ave. Uh, and in the same, uh, in the same uh, day, there is a, a Porto Benfica. Good luck with that, Alex. You're gonna need it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have, you know, a thing or two about them, right? They... <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, so interesting, interesting games uh, for sure in the next uh, two weeks in Portugal. Also, the month will finish on the 31st of Jan with a Sporting Benfica. So uh, also for the league. So it's going to be a big, big uh, uh, month for, for the league to decide. Yeah, definitely. I think it's going to really summarize the situation of the team. Then it's going to be about maintaining it. But at, at the end of January, we'll know who are the two teams fighting for the, for the league. We often have that in, in Portugal over the past couple of years. Until December, it really feels like a three-horse three race. But from January, February onwards, you really identified the two ones that will fight until the very last game, and uh, the third mm-hmm. one that will drop off. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and yeah, going from one side of the Iberian Peninsula to uh, the other, uh, let's discuss La Liga. So, stay. What a nice weekend we had. Uh, Winners, the winners are uh, obvious. I mean, Atletico uh, consolidating their, their position with a 2-1 win. Uh, and Real Madrid also winning 2-0. Uh, again, same situation. We can't really understand the points uh, reading, but still the two points lead plus two games less than Real Madrid. Atletico is in a position you know, to start cr- making the difference uh, and going, if they have the two games in hand, to eight points. How do you see Atletico in the league, Stay. Well, they, they can start their great escape towards the, uh, the uppest part of the league, meaning that, uh, I mean, they're already first, but they played two, two games less than Real Madrid and uh, three games less than Sociedad, which got another draw, by the way, last weekend. So, um, I would, yeah, Atletico can make it. They can uh, reach uh, half of the season with uh, potentially uh, almost 10 points ahead. So it's huge for them. And uh, even though Real is catching back a little, 
we still have Barcelona not quite at that, that level. So yeah, this year can can really be Atletico's year. Yeah, basically we also have uh, Barcelona playing away to Atletico Bilbao. Uh, they're starting at least not to lose games. That's already a win. They won against Suesca one nil. And they have a mid-week uh, game to start balancing a bit the, the difference in games against Athletic Bilbao, uh, who just changed their manager. So, um, are we going to see a, a new manager bounce with Marcelino going um, to uh, manage Bilbao? Is this the game you want to start at home against Barca, Marco? Well, I'm not sure if I prefer the game, the first game or the second game that I would have as a new manager of Atletico, because over the weekend. We have Atletico Bilbao, Atletico Madrid. It's two awful games to start off with. I wouldn't be surprised if there's going to be a lot of tests for the formation. These are the game you can really... No one is expecting you to win them. Um, let, me, let me put it straight. Um, so it can be the case that he just wants to understand what the player can do and put them potentially even willingly in a unexpected situation out of, out of the comfort zone to really try the team. I, I, I think getting one point out of these two games would be already an extremely good result. Um, again, the toughest start potentially that you can imagine for, for a new manager at all. Yeah, definitely. And, and an interesting one this week, uh, and I think we all agree with this, we might finally close the, the case on Real Sociedad. I think it's, this is, should be the week. Uh, Real Sociedad is playing against Sevilla uh, on the weekend, away at the San Juan. Might be the, the weekend to, to kill it, right? I mean, uh, uh, we had enough of David Silva, right? I mean, I, 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 we have spoken about Sociedad over the past month every single week, saying how, yes, they are there uh, up top if you look at the points, but they shouldn't really both because of the number of games they played, but even most importantly, potentially, because of the lack of form that they currently have. This team is... When you're facing Real Sociedad right now, you're not facing a top three team in Spain. You're facing a 10th team up at the best of, of, of Spain. Uh, this is really the situation of the team. There, something has stopped working. Uh, the, the magic, the gel that the team managed to get in the beginning, potentially... Even just the moral boost that David Silva brought, um, it's, it started losing the, the 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 strength it had in the beginning, and the team now is really struggling to play good football. David Silva himself, not an amazing season by no by any means. Uh, he probably regretting not coming to Lazio. Um, sure, he does. But when you look at the team, I think it's gonna be tough for the Sociedad to win this one. Uh, it's once again. The last call for Real Sociedad to be amongst the big ones. I think losing this one would be really the, the, the last straw um, on the camel's back. That would, that would potentially be the last sentence of, of, of Sociedad of having any ambition for Champions League. Yeah, definitely. And from one last straw on the camel's back to a uh, strawless camel, uh, Valencia. Valencia is not in the relegation places yet. I mean, barely. Yet. 
you know, yet, you know. Uh, Elche, who uh, we all remind, uh, remember, uh, they're our um, team of this season for La Liga, the worst football uh, podcast team, supports the worst football team in Spain, obviously, <laughs> uh, when they started the season with only uh, 15 players. So we always supported Elche, and Elche is actually on points with Valencia, um, so only behind on goal difference, but has two less games. I, I don't is, I don't personally personally know any Valencia supporter, but I'm sure they they must be a little bit pissed, just a little bit. I mean, at least you know that they drew this weekend; they didn't lose, so it's already a bit of a a, a change. <laughs> A little bit better, yeah, but, but I, I mean, we, we discussed that in the, in the summer, how their transfer market would have seriously uh, impacted their season. Uh, were we expecting something bad from them? Yes. Were we expecting something this bad? I'm not sure about it. Uh, I, as much as we all know that uh, Valencia's transfer market was pretty awful, uh, I did not see this coming. I don't know about you. Yeah, I, I think, think, you know... At- from the moment you don't get Pepe Reina on a free. Um, yeah, because, that was probably yeah, the main mistake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I think the biggest issue really is, is the mental factor. It's not about the players. They do have, honestly, decent players for the, for the position. They, are, they, they should play better. Um, that said, when you really look at the mental situation they were coming into this one, it, it's it's quite absurd. I mean, they started by losing tons of players, and they even lost more as, as the season started with um, Condombia moving just after start of 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 the season. Uh, it's not looking good. Uh, also, if you're looking at at the transfer market, the players that are placed uh, close to Valencia are really players that are struggling at the very least. Uh, we hear about Jesse Rodriguez, who never really managed to get to the same level of form that he had uh, when he was back in Spain in the beginning. We're hearing about even Eriksen right now, potentially with a exchange with uh, Gaia. Hearing about um, Tottenham's Harry Winks, another player that is not in the, not even in the starting eleven, but is not even in the expanded team in the top 18 of Tottenham for, for Mourinho. So you really see how they're trying to get the best without, without money. Um, even Mariano Diaz from, from Real Madrid. Like, these are the names close to Valencia. It doesn't look good. If I was a Valencia fan, I, was be, I would be really worried because they're just accepting the situation. They're not even trying to change it. Yeah, Valencia situation feels like you know they're looking at all hands on deck. Doesn't matter who you are, if you are a professional footballer and you can help us, please do come to Valencia. It feels like desperation time uh, down uh, by the coast. So yeah, guys, very interesting week uh, definitely in Spain. A lot of stories. Uh, trying uh, to come out from from this league, uh, if eventually they start to get uh, their act together and play the same amount of games, would be nice. But I think we still have something missing, right? Meme section of the day.
This week, you have missed your favorite section of the memes of the day, which was the Ibra or Jesus. Yet still, Ibra manages somehow to get to be part of our podcast because we all love him so much. Now, you would say, what did he do? Did he make 25 kids again? No, he did not. Did he manage to score plenty of goals? No, he's still injured. Did he go back from the injury? No, he did not. So how did we get to the news? How did, we, how he did, did he get to the news? He was called by the musical fest, Italian Musical Festival Sanremo to join each and every night of the festival for a full week as a judge, as a, someone that has opinions about music. Now, little do I know about Ibra's knowledge of music, but for sure, I don't think he was cool because he's the best musician in the world. And you would say, well, how can he manage football and music each and every night of the week? Well, easy. Serie A is going to move each and every game for that whole week. They decided that the festival of Sanremo is so important for everyone in Italy that they want to play at 5 p.m. Each day the festival will be happening. This basically free up automatically Ibra to join the festival of Sanremo and be there sitting and chatting and being with the nice girls and being, yes, I'm, I'm the best one and just judging by leaded singers whilst also be managing to potentially play if he gets back from the injury with his AC Milan team. Isn't that lovely? What a he, nice country. He, he's too powerful. He's too powerful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm betting Cristiano is now going to ask to be also judge. Yeah, yeah he can't be less than, than that. Yeah, he, I he believe he go. joined last year, actually. He was cooler really? last year. Yes, I believe so, yes. Oh. But See, that, that was only one night, you know? So Ibra is like the whole Sanremo. Ronaldo is just one night, you know, as, as a guest. So, I mean... Ooh. We're not that saying must... who's better, but Sanremo is. That must hurt. Oof. With that said, thank you very much, everyone, for joining also this week of the Worst Football Podcast. And see you next week. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Steph. Thank you all. Bye-bye. Ciao, ciao. Thanks.